0: So I think, unfortunately, we've got, to, we've got to be a bit proactive here. And it's nice to think that it would all come to us. But I think we've got to go out and almost build these networks and find support where it's, um, it's not otherwise forthcoming.
1: Welcome to The Full Stop and our monthly podcast, presented by Sarah Lawrence, Michael Hughes, and me, Berenice Smith. Our podcast is for you if you are childless not by choice, as we help you to craft your own story. We welcome all, including those who are child-free or parents, so that you can learn about the challenges that face those who are not parents not by choice, and how best to support them. We can learn from each other. In this episode, we're joined by Patricia Fox, who set up her blog, Lily and Me, during COVID lockdowns, to share the story of ageing alone with childlessness and the challenges that brings, including how to learn a computer and how to get onto Zoom calls. Denise Jackson returns to the full-stop guest seat to talk about bias around caring and solo households. Recently, she took to Twitter to challenge UK money-saving expert Martin Lewis that he can present more information about how to help solo households because it's not just families who need to save money. Trish and Denise cover so much ground here that applies not just to childless people but to anyone who's creating their online environment and apps as we discuss digital exclusion. We also natter about bias and exclusion around power of attorney, the cost of living crisis, human rights and make a call for more support and more awareness. We were talking about rituals, Tricia. so about, um, about whether, yeah, about daylight saving and whether um, I'm into sort of like um, Gothic and things like that, which I suppose mm-hmm. I probably am. I like, I like my dark evenings. I don't do daylight.
0: <laughs> it's nice though isn't it to be able to come in and just really like, draw the curtains and um you know put the heating on and if you can afford it obviously
1: yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that too. Like
0: yeah, candles led or natural or whatever and uh, just it like, is. push I the think, world out
2: <laughs> i th- i i think that perhaps when you're on your own as i am as well but um the dark evenings just when you get older have quite an attraction. I don't know. It's like you sort of think, well, it's okay now, you know, to be on your own because I'm shutting the curtains, I'm on my own. Mm. Well, it's great. It's all right having dark evenings because it's it's sort of allowing me now to to be on my own, to, you know, to be okay to be on my own, um, because I've shut the world out anyway.
1: Mm.
0: It's just you my think do you think that's changed since COVID? Did you get more used to it with the lockdowns and everything? Because I find it's changed my perception of being alone. Probably yeah. a bit of these, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I think, you know, I think it's had sort of, it has a big impact, did not it? It had a big impact, COVID. Yeah. When, when you were on your own going through COVID, as so many were, but um, it, it, it felt great to begin with and then it didn't. Mm. Uh, uh, but, but, yeah, well, you had to adjust. You kind of had to adjust and maybe we're still living that adjustment.
0: Um, I, I found in my instance that um, I hated it, to be honest with you, because although I like my own space and I like living on my own, I do like getting out and meeting other people. And and there's a difference between um, withdrawing into your own space out of choice and withdrawing into your own space because somebody says you've got to. Um, there's a world of difference. And I found that it's had a, a lasting impact on me. I felt rather resentful about the whole thing. Well, I, I do understand the the logics of it, you know, keeping people apart to um, minimise the spread of infections or what have you. I understand that. I just think if it ever happens again, I hope that it's handled a lot better, particularly from the point of view of people who live on their own, because now I feel a bit sort of, Well, I don't want to go out and do stuff that, you know, perhaps I would have done in a voluntary basis before I'm like, well, you know, there's plenty of couples who thought and families who thought that they had it bad. They can go out and do that. Now, you know, I'll do. I'll have more say over what I do. You wanted to keep me imprisoned in my own house. So if I want to stay in my own house and not go out and do something for the the greater good, then don't complain about it. No,
2: I, I think that's what
0: we discuss as that's
2: probably part part of the discussion really, isn't it? Yeah. A bit you know, being without children, being childless and being on your own. Um and, and aging, you know, you do you do have this this thing it creeps in as well. It's not until afterwards that you think what you just said, really. You think, Oh, well, you know, before I was doing stuff and now I'm not. Am I bothered? No,
0: I'm not really. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it's well, had some well, unexpected <laughs> some unexpected consequences besides <laughs> that perhaps won't become clear and you know until we're a bit further down the line as as to how it's affected people's behaviour in uh, on a on a kind of population-wide level rather than just individually. That's my theory anyway. I think there'll be a lot becoming
3: clear <laughs> about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, so before before we before we get really into this discussion, yeah, sorry what, about we that. Probably, what we should probably, no, no, this is good, but I thought what we probably should do is, Denise and Trish, introduce yourselves so that our listeners can, you know, get a sense of who you are and, and then we'll get back into it. Okay. Do you want to go
0: first, Trish, because I think they know me a little bit anyway. Um, okay.
2: Well, I'm Trish Fawkes and um, I live in Lincolnshire in the UK, which is a big, big county, but nobody's ever heard of on the East <laughs> Coast. And uh, I live with my dog, Lily, and I run a blog called Just Me and Lily, which is on Twitter and social media and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I started that out of COVID, which we're just having a brief discussion on, and that came out of COVID. Uh, I, to, I had to do something and I started a blog, which I've never done in my entire life. You know, I knew the basics about computer, etc., etc. And in a sense, I still only know the basics about computer, but I've learned a bit. Um, So, as as I've gone along on my blog, I've met. So it's been fantastic to meet so many different people. It's been amazing. I've learned the Zoom. Never knock Zoom. It's it's just wonderful. It's been marvelous. Hmm. And met Michael the other day, and um, Michael very very kindly wrote a fantastic piece for the blog and I don't know if you just won't believe it or what but his piece attracted more viewers than any other piece that I've ever written I'll tell you that um it really did you know from the male perspective and it was so concise and we need more of it there we are uh but um I'm childless we couldn't have children um in those years you weren't given any particular reason as to why it was, it was unexplained infertility. And we were just left to get on with it, really. Um, you know, we didn't seem to have any, there didn't seem to be any, there was no support offered. And it was embarrassing then. In those years, it was embarrassing to have to admit, particularly mm-hmm. for the man, that we were childless and we couldn't have children. Um, but I don't know, maybe it was, you had to go, you had to launch yourself back into life and work, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it did get pushed to the back of you know any sort of narrative, and we almost forgot about it after a while and it's since I've got older that it's reared its, its head, and I've felt I wanted to do something about it, so just me and Lily is the result thanks trish yeah.
3: um so denise you you have been on the show before, but we we've picked up probably new listeners since then, so yeah
0: it's been uh about- who you are three years ago it was yeah. before the pandemic I think yes yes and I must say Trish it's lovely to put a, a face and a voice to the name because I, I, I think I do actually follow you on uh, on Twitter I've certainly seen your accounts yeah <laughs> brilliant you. work that you're doing yes it's always a, an enjoyable read yeah well, um, thank you very unfortunately much. Twitter hasn't has been misbehaving a little bit recently and um, I don't think I'm getting all the notifications and I've noticed a lot of people saying this that they're not getting the notifications from people that they follow for for quite some time so i'll i'll, I'll follow up again um, when we're finished here but yeah um i'm denise jackson i live in the borough of telford and rekin uh within the larger county of shropshire which um most of you probably know from um iron bridge um the um world heritage site down there and all the um beginnings of the industrial revolution the bridge and all that lot that's actually about eight nine miles away from me um i live in open gates which is um was a small town that got incorporated into telford and i lived here um really up until i was 19 went down to london did a languages degree worked in quite a few different um sectors both using my language and and as a a secretary and pa and admin the whole sort of spectrum of that kind of job and um I came back up here in 2006 to look after my dad who'd been widowed five years earlier I'd helped him look after mum when she had cancer she passed away 20 years ago this week and um, he was okay for the first couple of years and then his mobility started to go he was in his 80s and he had various health problems <clears throat> excuse me so i was what they now tend to refer to as a distance carer or a carer at a distance for about three and a half years and i was doing a 300 mile um, round trip on the train from london up to um, open gates every weekend practically and um, that eventually took its toll on me Um, from a a health and a financial point of view and I moved back here in 2006 to look after dad full time for the last um it was the end of 2006 beginning of 2007 I moved gradually over a few weeks and um I looked after him for the last 18 months of his life which was both a privilege and something I have to say looking back now with um the benefit of distance a little bit of a I won't actually say an ordeal but it was a challenge definitely and I, I mean I'm an only child single never never had children so I always say when I tweet I tweet on a little bit of a lonely branch of the family tree <laughs> so that presented lots of of issues for me Um I often get asked well don't you wish you had a brother or sister and I said well yes and no because I could have had a brother or sister or or more than one who were uh, very supportive, or, as i 've seen in too many families, I could have um, found the caring responsibility devolving upon me um and had uh other family members just down the road who weren 't interested and wanted me to get on with it, or I could have had somebody who was out you know michael 's way out in Australia who wanted to help but wasn 't in a position to be able to do so um on a day to day basis, which which again would have been interesting but not a day-to-day help obviously um so when dad died i had the additional challenge of getting back into work aged nearly 50 into paid work i should say and um one of the things that happened was that the dwp told me that carers former carers didn't have any status um i would be treated as a job seeker as if i'd been off long-term sick for 18 months which i wasn't happy about because I hadn't been sick, I'd been working full-time looking after Dad and actually putting into practice skills that I'd already got and gaining new skills, and I wasn't happy at all. So I joined the local carers' forum, which because the local carers' centre here were actually very good, and they'd given me some support when I was looking after Dad. And one of the things that the carers' commissioner from the local authority asked me to do was to set up a group Um, to look into the issues faced by carers and former carers around employment and financial security and well-being and stuff like that, which is still actually going. It was part of the um, Local Carers Partnership Board until they unfortunately disbanded last year. So we're we're still going. We've got a meeting of our group on Thursday. And that was why I came on to the the podcast uh, about 2019, I think it was, to talk about the issues facing carers and former carers, specifically as they age, if they haven't got much in the way of family support or a close family network. So um, that's me. I'm I'm sort of semi-retired at the moment. I was working part time with the local health watch for about 18 months up to November. And then unfortunately, and this is something none of you will know, I um, was suddenly diagnosed with um, blood clots on both lungs. It's completely out of the blue. And uh, it was only discovered because I was due, due to undergo gallbladder surgery the following week. And um, I thought I got a chest infection and needed to get it checked out. And NHS 111 sent me down to the local hospital, the Princess Royal. And they were absolutely brilliant. They diagnosed it within about three or four hours. And I'm now on blood thinners and um, much better, but still a bit nervous about what's going to happen when I have the review next month, um, the six month review for it. So. I haven't gone back to work as such I'm lucky I've got a, a small occupational pension which will see me through hopefully until the um state pension which I will get in September next year but I think that's definitely an issue that needs discussing because a lot of people now both male and female are finding that their retirement age is getting further and further away their state retirement pension age and they possibly can't get um you know can't get into paid employment or the employment they want and then just to add insult to injury we did what we described as economically inactive well thank you very much i'm not very happy with that label at all (laughs) anyway that's
1: me basically and that's where i am at the moment. I noticed that you were, you tweeted, well, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast again, Denise, was because you were on Twitter and I happened to see via the Full Stops account that you tweeted Martin Lewis. And for the benefit of people who don't know Martin Lewis, who um, listeners further revealed, then he is a uh, self-titled um, money-saving expert, but actually is very active um on UK television. I don't know, Michael. Do you know of him in Australia? You No, no, so,
3: so I'm actually Googling right now while you're talking. Okay, yeah. Mm. He's
1: quite a quite a force of, of, of nature, I think would be fair to mm. say. Um does offer lots and lots of advice around money saving. Mm. But Denise you tweeted him because you wanted him to talk about solo households in the advice, yeah?
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, he has. Um, I'm not sure whether it's stopped now. I think it has for the time being. But he has a, a weekly TV show
1: mm, yeah.
0: and I think it's on a Tuesday night and he's uh, he's covered every subject under the sun, really. And he, he, he does all, you know, what the news is that's come in during the week if there's a. You know anything to do with benefits changes and any of the support for the cost of living stuff and all that. And don't get me wrong, I am a huge fan of Martin Lewis. I mean, I, I did quite a lot of work both paid and volunteer with Citizens Advice, and and he's a huge supporter of, of Citizens Advice. He's a huge supporter of people who have had um, mental health issues because he's made the link that lots of people and organisations don't between financial security and mental health. So i've got a lot of time for martin lewis but like everybody else he always seems to be banging on about how it's going to affect families and how it's going to affect couples and there's almost never a mention of a a single person uh and and their uh, economic situation which can often be quite precarious in comparison with a couple when they've got two incomes coming in so i started that i haven't had to be honest, I haven't had much much come back, but i've I, I had a lot of people like yourself take it up um although I haven't had anything specifically back from the uh, from the show well from the um the producers of the show, but I will keep banging on about that so I, I, I just think we need to raise awareness of it
2: can i yeah can i can i take oh come do. yeah chip in yeah um yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right, Denise. Of course, everything that you say there, um, and and I think there's a there's a point where we sort of well, I, I can't speak for everybody who's childless and, and aging, but there's almost this point you think, oh, not gonna nobody's gonna listen, just get on with it, just deal with it, and that's not right, is it? We shouldn't be just getting on with it and dealing with it because I feel the same. You know, I feel the same. You are thinking when they're talking about all these extra bonuses or whatever that, that various people can have and the single supplements and particularly since the energy crisis i have no idea how to access them and often you know i know i'm i'm, I'm sort of generalizing here but often other people on their own have got families to help them and say right okay more this is what we do this is what you need to, i'll do this i'll phone them for you and we don't have anybody and we don't know where to go and there's almost an embarrassment about admitting the fact that I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Where do I go? Try and phone some helpline and you're sitting there 20 minutes later still waiting. You know, Mm -hmm.
3: um,
2: I I think it's sometimes I think it's down to baseline again. Who knows about us? Do the NHS really know about us? Are they really aware of us? Are social care really aware of us as a a large and growing group of people? (laughs) Clearly not, but your reaction (laughs) Yes, um, I can give you a good example of the NHS. <laughs> they're not, though, are they? You know, and, and do we need to be, you know, having more awareness around the NHS, etc.? I've tried. I tried knocking. Actually, I sent a letter to our local GP's uh, practice manager's office. and never had a reply. I had a reply from some charity. Then they sent it on to them. I had a reply from mm. a charity that we met, and it, it became clear that lovely as she was, it was not going to be. Of any use to no. read doubtless folk. Um, so I'm going to keep on trying because they do talk about they just assume it's families, they just assume you've got support. Or you're
0: a category. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, where, where do we go for support? Where do we go? Well, you know, I've just mentioned that I had this diagnosis of the pulmonary embolisms in November. Mm. They were absolutely brilliant the same day emergency sensor at the hospital, I would have a word said against them. But when I saw the doctor to get um, the prescription for the apixaban and um, just just to kind of discharge me from the clinic um i said to him, well what do i do next and i've got to say this this i've joined a facebook group for people who, who have the same condition and, and there isn't a great deal of follow-up but i i was i nearly fell out of my chair because <clears throat> he said well i don't want you to do anything too energetic for the next couple of weeks um and you know carry on with the the, the, the blood thinners and all this uh and he said apart from that he said just go home and let your husband take care of you <gasps> oh <How do> you- <laughs> I sort of went, um, sorry, I actually live on my own. And to be fair, he did have the grace to look a bit, um, (laughs) you know, embarrassed about what he said. (laughs) And uh, he said, oh, uh, yes, he said, sorry about that. He says, yes, actually, I do. And, you know, because of everything that was going on, I wasn't... um, I'm not that quick-witted at the best of times, I've got to say. I, I always think of um, witchy responses half an hour after the fact, you know. But I did wish I'd said to him, well, can we hook up then? You know, perhaps you can look after me. <laughs> I'm sure as a consultant you've got a better house than I have. you
3: So did you end up getting his number then?
0: No, I didn't, Michael. Wow. I, I didn't react fast enough. I, I, sh- I should have thought of that at the time. No, no. They well, he were missed, brilliant. He
3: but sorry he missed out
0: he missed out yes yeah so the doctor oh, he the doc missed out. He missed sorry out. I there was a bit of a crackling on the line there did yes yes he definitely did yeah yeah I'll tell myself that <laughs> but that, <laughs> that's an example of how um it's assumed it's the default position that you've got somebody to right. look after you and i thought well knowing you know with my work with unpaid carers i could have been going home and looking after a husband who was disabled or chronically ill himself, I could have been the carer. Mm. But there's no um, allowing for that sort of uh, possibility. No, no, there, there isn't, because they won't really, do they want to
2: know? I mean, if they, if they find yeah. out, you know, if they find out, oh, God, there's another great group of people here that really we ought to be tending to, mm. we're not going to manage. Don't ask. Yeah, You know, you do wonder, because they... they- you know according to mm-hmm. them I've got enough to do at the moment um so yeah but that doesn't help us does it that's not that's helping true. you know we're we're mm-hmm. aging right? I've got rheumatoid arthritis and I haven't seen a rheumatologist or spoken to one for nearly two years and I'm supposed to speak to one twice a year and I just seem to yeah. have fallen off their list you know I don't know either that or they've gone oh, I don't don't bother with her
0: yeah. I, I just think it's a general thing actually um Uh, Trish because I've heard so many people saying that they have you know they're supposed to be seen on a regular basis for a review or a check and they're just not getting it or it's much further spaced out than it normally would be but
2: you can't help it you 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 know I sort of go inwards on it and think see see this is because I'm I'm childless they don't care they're not bothered I've got nobody to speak for me you know it's this advocacy thing isn't it yes Who speaks for us? Um, Who speaks for us? And I suppose if we bothered to look, there would be somebody somewhere. Mm. uh, And, you know, the first point of call would probably be citizen advice. But, you know, I can't. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're very good. I can recommend them from having worked with them and being a a client of theirs as well. They helped a lot. Um, They helped my dad and I, which is how I was introduced to them, with with an issue that he got around um, council tax and um poor advice that we'd been given by the by the council that ended up with with dad um owing a, a, an amount that he thought he was entitled to because of advice that they'd given them um that they'd given him i should say um about uh council tax i think it was called council tax benefit in those days it then became council tax relief or something else ctr but um he was given poor advice and then was chased up for an outstanding amount and um we went to Citizens Advice and they were extremely helpful about it. So, uh, well, yeah, I, or Age UK. They're the other, the other really good organisation who can often help. They can. I can't get through to them, though. You know, I,
2: I, have, um. a muddled, I have quite a muddled brain, I think. I don't know. You know, I, I'll think of something and think, oh, that's the number. Yes, phone them. I do it in a minute. Then I disappear somewhere else. Something else gets in the way. I go back, <laughs> forgotten about that. So I might go back and phone them. I don't get an answer. I've forgotten again. It's nothing works for me. There's nothing there that's working for a muddled brain like mine. And that's kind of why I need somebody to advocate for me, really. I,
0: I think it's it's generally got harder. <clears throat> it's generally got harder since Covid. That they, they put everything online or on the phone lines, but they seem to have run the phone lines down as well. So um I I think it's it's a general frustration that.
2: Yes, I suppose so. But it's a more of a frustration. And I will immediately go, see, this is what it's like when you're childless. See, you know, I'll bring everything back to that <laughs> for, for me. You know, it's a very narrow world mine. you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's all about childless. Oh, yeah, well, you see, it's all because of that. Um, and it's not always. But, you know, I think in my head, well, it's going to have to be because that's what I want to get out there that it's about childlessness, you know, in, in all its many forms. Yeah. Um, be, because I think, you know, we, we are growing in numbers. It, and, and even if we weren't, we're still here as a group. And um, I just feel we need attention. We need attention outside of our own immediate people, you know, outside of our circles where we're all doing right. brand work. Yeah. Uh, you know, they need to know outside of it. Because I've spoken to families who've been very supportive, actually. You know, they've been really supportive and said, oh, I, I, I never thought of it. And you think, how can you not have thought of it?
0: I never thought of it. it. Yeah. Uh, or don't want to think about it because I think a lot of people, it's a it's a fear factor that's, that's involved there. They're perhaps in a couple or got lots of family around them and they don't want to think of a situation where they might find themselves without their partner or, you know, without their children close at hand. Hmm. And it, it, it's quite a frightening thought, actually. I mean, if you've been single long term, you get to deal with it. You 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 have to. You don't have any choice. But I I think um I mean it annoys me a little bit that it's assumed that I will always cope because I've I've not yes. got any choice. Um, I mean a couple of things. I, I've heard it referred to as the curse of the competent. <laughs> or the curse of competency which you know I looked after my dad therefore if I'm ill at all well surely Denise is capable of looking after herself she yeah. she helped her dad look after her mum. she looked after her dad without a great deal of input for us so she's she's got to be competent enough to look after herself but it's different isn't it you know if you're not not well yourself it is and there's a lot of truth in
2: that one um I also think it's because they really don't want to know. They don't want, they, I mean, I know my cousin in Leicester um, and we were never close. We're not close biologically, but occasionally she does phone and the conversation is all about her family. Okay, naturally, you know, that, I suppose, you know, that that is her life. Um, so it's all about her family who I've never met. And very rarely, if ever, does she say, and how are you, Trish? You know, how are you getting on? Because you're on. Like, never do they say that.
0: so frustrating
2: (laughs) well I think it's because they don't really do they want to know you know do they actually want to know I mean I'm not going to sit here and say oh well you know sit back I've got a list hang on I'll just (laughs) stop at the top shall I yeah I'm not going to do that but I don't think they want to know that they may need to say well I can help you you know because people Don't with the best will in the world don't always
0: want to actually get involved and yeah. help no can't. and, and I, i've often thought about that actually trish that you know if people do they not ask because they think i'm going to present them with a whole list of demands as <laughs> you said you know oh will you do my shopping do my laundry for me or whatever or come and sit with me every night for half an hour that, yeah. that's not easy it, it's just knowing that Somebody would notice if I went missing for a few days, you know, and that I might be, you know, really ill or I might have, um, you know, collapsed or something like that. So, yeah. But it's, it's not because I want somebody to take over my life for me.
2: I mean, that's actually, you know, a conversation in itself because I go out walking with the dog and I walk because, you know, you always like you clear your head when you go on these lonely footpaths. And I'm told I shouldn't, but I like to walk in the woods and the fields and, and on the, you yeah. know, Lincolnshire footpaths, they're lovely. But there's nobody about, and there's no signal on the mobile. So, uh-huh. you know, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, am I supposed to mm-hmm. phone somebody every time I go out and say, right, I'm on my way to Teckford about half an hour, I'll be across the second field where the cows are next door. All right um if you've not heard from me in an hour come and knock
1: yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't do that anymore. and a carting <laughs> you actually came to mind um a couple of weeks ago Trish I was thinking of you when i was out with my dog and i um checked in and and had that moment of couples privilege because mm. i went out with my dog it was quite remote where we were um And it was just us and I was walking down this lane and there was this chap there. And I thought, yeah, and my dog is very placid. You know, life passes by in in that kind of dog way. Mm. And um, unusually, she was a bit, Mm. at this person, not comfortable around them. Mm. I thought, oh, oh, mm." I had no signal. Mm. I had nothing. Um, Mm. And I turned around, went back. Yeah. difference is I had someone waiting for me Quite whether my husband would have actually noticed how much time had passed I don't mm. know that's debatable we'll, well that's another conversation yeah um but I had someone there that could mm. probably ultimately would have gone oh it's been a couple of hours mm. um that's a privilege of mine but you came to mind because I follow your work and oh, your walks and I love the photographs that you have with oh, Liz, you. Um, Lily as well but I'm also conscious and I know Lincolnshire it's not too far from me in Cambridgeshire and mm. yeah it's quite remote some parts of that and I and you came to mind at that point and I thought oh gosh yes so this moment of vulnerability you're sharing yeah I I, mm. I checked in with my privilege because yeah I I, I did realize that but and also probably uh my age as well but to, to mm. actually go out and to be alone to do the walks that you do is inspirational but yeah that must come with some thought around risk as well and you're right how do you tell somebody that you're in a field with some cows somewhere about this mm. geographic location which could be anywhere
2: <laughs> it could I, I could be whisked off oh. you mm. know somebody could come uh, across the field and and, and you know throw a net over me and take me away somewhere yeah
0: and I think it's all been in in our minds hasn't it with various you know cases that have happened recently that lady who unfortunately you know um, drowned when she was walking her dog a few weeks ago and the um, ladies who have been um, attacked Mm -hmm. you know I don't want to go into too much detail but he's worrying and of course it it brings about a, a bigger question as well that because we are on our own should we have to give up things that other people might take for granted no it did exactly. curtail our freedom i don't think it should but there's no, a lot no. of practical issues around it aren't there
2: there are there are i mean so many times i think that as i'm setting off on, on lonely footpaths and i think i'd be more worried about leaving lily you know if i fell over and cracked my head and was unconscious or something and mm-hmm. nobody came along the footpath and you know, she's there on her own, so I'd be worrying about her, really, because she wouldn't yeah. have a clue, she's as dizzy as a cartload of monkeys, and, um, <laughs> you know, so she, she wouldn't know what to do, she'd she'd be yeah. running down, she'd be, so I'm worrying about the dog, you know, I, I'm there, flaked out, and I'm somewhere in there, I'm worrying about the dog, Um, because I'm not, I mean, realistically, as you get older, and I am quite old, uh, you know, you, you don't, get so steady on your feet, you do silly things, you tell yourself you're never going to do that, you're not going to fall over, you're not going to trip. but you do, your feet just do stuff, you know, that they never did before, you know, they just fall Mm. over each other like they've got some, odd. you know what, I'm just going to tread on that foot there, when you're on the deck, it just happens, and that Mm. happens when you get old, nobody tells you about that, Mm. so... You know, I am living. I am dicing with dangerousness when I embark on my walks. I must admit, I'm being
3: selfish. Mind, um, I've, what's come to mind for me? I'm going to be practical because that's well, my, my brain goes. Um, but thank you both for sharing this. By the way, too, because um, you yeah, know, I'm um, one of the things that we did for for my mum is that. Um, We got her a life alarm. So what it is, it's a little, you know, thing that uh, that lanyard that sits around and it detects if you fall over. I'm not suggesting that, yeah, that you should go and get one. Uh, But what I'd like to hear your opinions on is, is that would that be something that you would consider using if you went out, or would you feel well, there's a certain stigma that sits around having to use one. And therefore would not use it
2: Mm -hmm. Um, i had one i did use one i don't miss the same thing um but it 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 was it's called 24 hour alarm Mm and i think a's uk do it don't they denise and various other companies yeah my
0: dad had one with the local housing association ran it um but i don't know whether uh, the one my dad had i don't think would have worked you know beyond so many yards outside the house yeah Yeah, they only work within the house house. Yeah. yeah I don't know whether the one that Michael's got is is it something like the um sorry I always tend to bring these things back to the cat collars. I know you can you know if you've got a cat that's well, what it
3: what it's got is a, a collar it's and then got a, it with a
0: radio thing on it.
3: It's actually yeah. got a SIM card in it. Oh. so it actually works on I think it actually works on any mobile network because you know you're not making phone oh. calls. And so what it does is you program it with uh three phone numbers and this is this is where uh, i was going to in that it's for my mother it's got me my wife my brother and then if it does no one if no one uh picks up the phone because it actually you can talk for it it goes straight to the uh, to the new south wales ambulance service um so, but you say that's the way it works and it, it, it would detect if you fall over and, and that sort of thing. But
1: then it's assuming that someone can set it up. Exactly. Again, it about digital exclusion. Yes. It's yes. assuming that the ultimate user has someone, as Trisha said, you know, you yeah. need someone to, to, to navigate these things for you. Who does that? You but know? then, then what, n- like
3: what numbers, what numbers would, the, would you ladies put in, you know? Well, we, this is the thing that, like that's what know. I'm yeah. sitting there thinking. Wow. Well,
2: You have friends, but friends are less. And my friends tend to be younger and they've got families who they're very dedicated to and careers. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the older people around here, and I'm sure you find the same, Denise, the older people around here, they're all about the grandkids. And, you know, they'll go for coffees and so on with you, which I'm I'm, into really, and talk about the grandkids. You can't get them off it. Mm uh um it's it's yeah until the point i've almost given up really on that one you no, know a kid, shame. Younger, yeah. you know, yeah. um, younger friends have got their families but they are more inclusive mm. um so I, I tend to sit with them but they often live perhaps 20 30 miles away mm.
4: which,
0: I don't which isn't necessarily helpful if you need somebody to put their head around the door and just say hey trish you okay everything all right yeah, yeah. That, that's not going to work, is it, for somebody who lives at that distance? Things have changed.
2: I mean, in this neighbourhood, communities seem to have changed to what I remember in back in my day. And that's, you know, that's an old person speak there. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have changed where they really did look out for each other and... and it just doesn't seem to be the same
0: now no that that, that's right and what Michael said I mean that's fantastic and I think this whole thing with the the tech and the um AI and all all this sort of thing is is going to play a more and more important part in keeping people independent as they grow older we've got the independent living center here which is run by the local authority in Telford and Rekin and they've got a lot of these gadgets and and stuff you know um so there is some recognition of that but i mean going back to michael's point about who would you um allocate as somebody as your contact or your key holder or what have you i remember this coming up when my dad was um applying for one of these alarms and yeah that was okay we got his um sister who lived just down the road and um also another neighbor and i think they they were both key holders but we, we, had, um, we had reservations about both of those because they were both quite elderly. And my auntie, as it turned out, was having memory problems. It turned out she was in the early stages of dementia and she outlived my dad. But she was, you know, the illness started to, to take a hold around the time that he passed away. But I also thought of myself and I thought, well, hang on a minute because i said well can't you as the organization be somebody you know do you not send somebody to to check and they said oh no no it depends on you having a network of people around you and i'm thinking well the people who most need this service are the ones who aren't going to have a network around so it's a bit kind of it's a bit of an own goal really or counterproductive whatever you, you want to say now i don't know whether that's um whether that's changed recently. But one of the things that I noted down here, and it's a whole different subject, but it 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 falls into the same sort of problematic area is things like power of attorney.
3: Yeah. I mean
0: I keep people keep saying to me, oh, I've given my sister or my husband or my son or daughter power of attorney. Have you got yours set up? And I'm like no because i haven't got anybody who i would lumber with power of attorney now i've i've since found out that you can actually have that lodged with a, a solicitor so i will no doubt be going down that route but where is the information about that trish have you ever seen any information about power of attorney that that's been really easily findable because and i'm sorry that that's on a different topic but it does fall within the same sort of problematic area
2: i think age uk have a lot of info on that but you'd have to i mean it's difficult for you know for every big charity etc to put everything out there but yeah. i'm sure age uk have quite a bit to say on that um mm. if you want to sort of sort of i suppose you'd have to go onto google somewhere and mm.
4: there'll
2: be some lawyers writing about it the, yeah the only thing i think I've got the same problem and at the moment my power of attorney is lodged with my lawyer but lawyers with the best one in the world you know I'm, I'm, I'm thinking well I'll be dead will I will I care you know will, mm. will be bothered? probably I'll be dead um you know they take a big chunk of-
0: yeah yeah they, they're in it for the money aren't they obviously yeah yeah but then again even if you've got even if you've got friends who are willing to do it, you've got to be able to trust them to have your best interest. Mm-hmm. at my, Because it's like having somebody come and and check that you're okay if you've suddenly gone a AWOL for a few days or if you pressed your pendant alarm or what have you. You've got to be able to trust the people who are coming to your rescue. Mm-hmm. And the same with, perhaps to, to an even greater extent, with power of attorney. If you're going to give somebody power over your money if you're incapacitated or power over what happens to you health-wise and it could be something as drastic as turning off life support couldn't it and I mean that works both ways because not only is is that obviously of interest to the patient but it's also a huge huge responsibility to put on somebody who is not a close relative? It, it's 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 a world of difference putting that on a partner that or a child, an adult child, than it is on a friend. I, 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 I mean, it's very it, difficult.
2: It, it is, and and everywhere relies so heavily on volunteers who are marvellous. Hmm. You know, volunteers do a fantastic job. I've been a volunteer myself, and I'm sure you have, probably still are.
3: Yeah. Yes.
2: I, I don't think I am at the moment. If I am, it'll be some horse charity or something to do with dogs or horses. But um, uh, you know, volunteers do an amazing job. But they're not solicitors, are they? They're not lawyers, and you know
0: no.
2: they so much.
0: And it's- they each bring something to it. The volunteers bring the, the the passion and the goodwill and the sort of altruism to it. Whereas the lawyers bring the professionalism, but also the financial <laughs> demands and. Um, that they're, they're approaching it from a different angle, aren't they? I
2: can't help but feel sometimes we're shoved under the carpet, you know. Oh, tell, give them that, you know. Well, what UK all doing? Well, I, I just feel that, you know, we're, we're a group that's on the edge, we're sort of teetering on the edge of, of proper, full, um, you know, awareness and acknowledgement by the great general public. Uh, but we're not, we can't quite, it's almost as if something's stopping us because. If we get out there as a proper group, I mean, it's quite a thing, isn't it? We're we're stating quite a lot of facts here that do need dealing with, because really they're they're dealing with it. Well, you can go to Age UK, well, you can go there, you know. You have to know that, that you can go to Age UK. Yes. You know, you have to be able to get hold of Age UK, which is not always easy and so on and so on you've got to have a certain level of intellect and intelligence to be able to do all these
0: things and and as you say it depends on it it, 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 there being an awareness of it in general because i always say that um any service or organization is only as good as the awareness of it because if you know there could be a really brilliant service out there but if you don't know about it you can't access it and it's no no Mm. use to you so there's kind of a a responsibility on us to look for stuff but also on um the various agencies and organizations to promote services that they um that they offer otherwise people aren't going to be able to uh, use them
2: no no it's it's a hard one isn't it because it's Mm. i feel as if we're we're shuffling forward as a group you know we're sort of shuffling forward and getting there and everybody's working so hard to get awareness and acknowledgement of, you know, being without children, being childless, et cetera. Um, and, you know, as, as, you know, I was saying earlier on my bit, there are different pieces of childlessness. There's childlessness when you get older, there's childlessness when you just found out you're going to be childless and all the bits in between.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and each, each one needs a different piece of caring almost
0: yeah. And then there's people like me who kind of vaguely assumed I'd have children, but it just, you know, just never happened. So it's, uh, as you say, there's a whole spectrum, aren't there, you know, of... Uh, of but we're all there
2: We're meeting together as childless and and needing, you know, some sort of awareness. I mean, a lot of people are too embarrassed, aren't they, to say that they're childless. They're, they seem ashamed to say it. I don't know why, yeah. but...
0: yeah. That that seems <clears throat> that seems to be a general theme that that I've come across. I mean, <clears throat> while I can't ever say that it's it's affected me personally, I mean, I I um I'm okay with people saying, "Have you got children?" I'll say, "No, no, I haven't actually," and um, or sometimes now at my age, it's "Have you got grandchildren?" and I'll sort of say, "No, no, no, I haven't," and and um, they'll say, well, "Have you got children?" and say, no, no, I haven't, and I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with is people. Kind of probing and saying, "Oh, you've never been married. You've never had a part. Never wanted children." I'm like, "You know what business is this of yours, really?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my business, not yours, <laughs> it's not your personally, but you know, in general, if, if somebody just asks them to out of the blue, <laughs> yeah. Well, they do though. But I used to
2: remind mm. you how you were talking to me. I was watching a program last night. Because what else does one do on a Saturday night? You think that I think back to my Saturday night and I think look at me now, look, um, oh. I'd have been completely blotto by now, back in the day, <laughs> it was a, a, a comedy, a comedian, Rob Beckett, I don't know if you've heard of him, yes, of him. yes, I know, and it was a very good show, it had been televised, and he was going amongst the audience, and I don't know, it was because he'd got a family, he was bemoaning, comedians do, moaning about his family, <laughs> going amongst the audience, and, and saying, have you got kids, Yeah. Then he comes to this late middle-aged couple on the end, uh, whatever they were, Arthur and Joan. Mm. We'll say, "You got kids, uh, Joan?" "No, no, you got no kids." And I thought, "What's he going to say now?" Because this is clearly not rehearsed. Mm. And he said, "Well, I think Arthur and Joan are the sensible ones. You know, the rest of us are all working hard and acting stupid. And Arthur and Joan have got a life in front of them or something." I, I suppose he didn't know what else to say, but was no. yeah. a know, reasonable it? response because a comedian. You know, nowadays, Jimmy Carr, God knows what he would have said, but um, <laughs> it, was, it was quite a measured response. And I've not heard that before, not seen that happen. Mm. In front of your eyes,
1: somebody said, no, we don't have any children. And mm. Comedy shows are really difficult, aren't they? We know we've got the the, the No-Mo Book Club, but I mm. always find, I, I don't go to comedy shows anymore because I find, I'm just going to sit there and start mm. Badly, and I find them incredibly exclusionary. I I yeah. and no way to test it, is there? Because you know what you think mm. of might be um, a good comedian, suddenly they, they start, yeah. Uh, fodder, um, families are really good fodder for, for um, comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they are,
0: that's often one of the main sort of sources of material, isn't it? Really, yeah. yeah. We've
3: got a really good um, lady here in Australia called Kitty Flanagan. So if you ever, if you ever. Googling or YouTubing uh, someone, Kitty Flanagan. Oh, she oh. is she is a single, uh, childless woman, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, she uses that in her comedy quite a bit. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. quite ironic. But um, we do have yeah. a
2: couple of female comedians who are openly childless, and they didn't want. I, I, well, Sarah Milligan, she's never said mm-hmm. if she wanted them or didn't. Yeah. She. And um, there's another one, of course, whose name I've now forgotten, but um, she talks quite openly about being childless, mm. which is good. You know, they are speaking about it, and um, you know, being quite aggressive on the subject that they've been asked, mm. and why? Why would? Why would you ask me just because I'm a woman? You know, mm. etc. So it's I suppose it's it's one it's one way of getting the subject out there, but don't quite the uh, no. No. It, does it? You know, it's not, not no. necessarily the way forward that we all go and be comedians and stand on stage. <laughs> <and talk. laughs> I Couldn't do that.
0: I'm for <laughs> telling jokes. I always what? forget the punchline. <laughs> I
4: was, was going to say, ladies, I've been very quiet this episode listening to you because it's it's quite sobering, isn't it? What you're you're sort of talking about? Where do I go? What do I do? Who do I ask? Where do I get the help from? Mm. Um, it's been a real sobering listening, and I think it's kind of um, we were talking before Trish weren't we mm. before the episode about how actually it's it's quite a difficult topic I think for anyone that's childless because you are that is you are you, you said it Denise you're that you're that lonely branch from the family tree aren't you who do I go yeah. to if you yeah. haven't got children then who do you rely on when you know the shit hits the fan or, or something go, you know mm. something exactly. unexpected happens and I think you know even when we're coupled I think there is the number of people I speak to, that fear is still very real in terms mm. of you know what happens if, mm. if it's me yeah. facing into this on my own as I get older and I'll be honest with
0: you, tech is not my strength now. I dread to think what it's going to be mm. like in twenty years' time yeah. and I think this came up such a lot during the pandemic um when people were forced to rely on zoom and teams and, and what have you and I remember saying to somebody sort of half jokingly um that uh, um i think it, i think it might have been the local age uk because they've had quite a program about um digitalization and and identifying gaps um where people haven't got access to digital um resources and and trying to run community classes and what have you which was difficult during the pandemic because you had to get people on in the first place to be able to have the lessons or you had to have them you know, people phoning them up, which didn't work terribly well because everybody's got a different device. And it's not the same as being able to see what, you know, being next to them and saying, oh, will you press that key or whatever? Oh, no, you don't do that on a Chromebook. That's on a Mac or that's on a, you know, a laptop or whatever. But um I remember saying, those of us who were stuck at home here, we really need access to a kind of general um IT department. Because if you're in an organization or in a company you will have an IT department or a company you know that's contracted to provide IT support and yet if you're at home say because I was doing quite a lot of volunteer work as opposed to paid work during the pandemic trying to support other unpaid carers and former carers um if anything went wrong with my IT um I was up a creek without a paddle as they say (laughs) You know, it was yeah. it was very very frustrating but it comes back to, to, to another point i was just going to make actually that um one of the things i found um particularly in in recent years is that um one-to-one help is very good and and word of mouth if you can be part of a group be part of a network um like here, we've got the um what used to be the senior citizens forum, which is now called four and 50 plus, because there was always some vague, you know, um parameters about what age it start you started to become a senior citizen. So they decided to change the name to four and 50 plus so that it's everybody from 50. We even got one or two people coming up to 50. And they've said, yeah, you can be an honorary member because you're going to be getting there within 18 months or what have you. And um they've set up. Uh, they they did a phone um, check-in scheme that they took over from the local council during the, the lockdowns. And then they made a really big effort to get people out and about and meeting up face-to-face, as well as continuing with some of the virtual and the phone stuff for people who are more housebound. Um, and I go to a regular one on a Wednesday afternoon, just under the local community centre, 10 minutes walk from me here. And the number of things, like, for example, I, as a lot of people did, I um, acquired an air fryer and hadn't the foggiest idea how to use it. You know, how do you convert the um, cooking times over from a cooker or microwave or whatever to an air fryer? And I struck up a conversation with somebody who was a few months ahead of me and got one like I had, didn't know how to use it, but had found out by trial and error. And that's been really, really helpful. I mean, that's just one sort of fairly trivial example, but I think quite often a lot of the knowledge I've had, and certainly with these pulmonary embolisms, it's been from a from a Facebook group who um, are always somebody's always coming on saying, "Oh, I was diagnosed last week, um, haven't been given much." Um, help or support anybody been through the same thing and of course about 20 people rush on at once and almost crash the site because they, they all want to share their experiences so I think unfortunately we've got to we've got to be a bit proactive here and it's nice to think that it would all come to us but I think we've got to go out and almost build these networks and find support where it's um, it's not otherwise forthcoming, whereas it might be, and, and we've also got to recognise that not everybody with children has a brilliant experience. No, no, of course it's like yeah, it's like I was saying about having you know other family members when I was looking after dad. It, <laughs> with a lot of people, the children could have emigrated, could have got married, moved to the other end of the country, be looking after. Say, so, yeah. say, if it's your son maybe looking after the mother-in-law, can't necessarily come back to you.
2: Yeah.
0: Would and, you like?
2: Though, would you? Do you feel that? I, I, I don't know. Probably alone on this one, but I, I'd actually like to see more integration with sometimes with childless and families, and I think there is quite a keenness on on you know on their side as well. To understand if it's just mums coming along, perhaps, or just parents or father. I think there is, you know, a certain element of want So yeah, okay, be involved rather than just us.
0: I don't know if it's just me that feels that's, you know, that that, that could work. In yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of goodwill out there. And, and it, it, it again comes back to recognition, it's the three R's, isn't it? Recognition, recognition and recognition that people recognise that um, there is a need out there and um, that they're then given the opportunity to meet that need or to offer to meet mm. that need if again, if you don't know somebody um has a s a specific requirement, um you're either not going to worry about it or and certainly not going to make any attempts to address it that makes any sense because you 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 don't know about it and and it it, the number of times i've had i've I've had a conversation with people and they've said well why didn't you let me know and i would have um i would have come and helped you with that or i'd have given you a lift to that hospital appointment or something so they do say
2: that don't they and they mean it but you don't like like to ask
0: no no that's a big barrier yeah um no i
3: think it's oh sorry trish you go ahead
2: well, I was only just going to say um, on, on, on what Denise was saying about um, learning digital. Yes, I've, got, I've actually got to employ a company to come and help with it. Mine's quite serious on this MacBook. It's, things, are, things are happening that shouldn't be happening on it. I think there's a little person living in there that's doing things. That's what I think. And, oh, yes. um, <laughs> and, but one thing I, that you were on about, you know, learning about that, I want to learn about how to use this damn camera. Because I am hopeless with the camera. I have no idea. And can I find anywhere around here to just, you know, because if you ask somebody, they start talking to you in jargon. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> the jargon. You know, mm. don't talk to me in jargon. I don't understand mm. it. Uh, so there's all these things, old people have. And when you're on your own because you haven't got the family mm. there or son or nephew or whatever it is, Joy. you have.
0: Yeah, it's something we've heard a lot around here, which is why HUK have had this um big push to get people, you know, brought into the digital community as it were, and and you know, able they run um drop-ins at community centres and at um, sheltered housing complexes and things. And I, I don't know whether you've got anything we have got similar to that.
2: We have that here, which is which is um excellent. And I think, you know, people do attend. Um you wish that more people. I don't think it's as well attended as they'd like. No, you, know, you think why not? Because you know it really should be, uh, but perhaps it will build up. But as you so case, and round here, they're not very good at promoting themselves. They're just quite poor at PR. Mm. Um, they think they they put a little notice in the local yeah. library, everybody will know about it. You
0: know, and they won't. Mm. You know, they
2: need yeah. to get-
0: yeah it, it comes back again to promoting the services doesn't it because people can't use them if they don't know that um that they're there and that's a shame because then that's frustrating for them because they've got people volunteers trained up to lead sessions and they don't get the number of people coming in um that uh you know that that, that they're looking for but um apart from I, I don't really know what, uh, what you do there, because sometimes they get grants, don't they, from local authorities and, and what have you. Well,
2: a lot of grants and funding. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they should make it. I, I think the local authorities should make it kind of. Well, they should do a lot of promotion themselves as the, the, the people who uh, are um, supplying the grant. But they should also make it conditional upon the organisation that they do a certain amount of promotion so that they're actually getting to the people who need it. Well, I, you know, I, I keep on telling
2: a lot of charities, local charities, you know, use local radio, send a press release, yeah. it won't cost you anything, do you not understand, you know, just mm-hmm. send a press release to the local paper, they'll use it, they won't use it, it won't cost you anything. They probably
1: no. won't. Even um, a podcast, you know, I think that's the thing, it's kind of, I I sort of think sometimes that, that there's this kind of divide and it almost happens in sort of different ways, does not it, that that you have younger people assuming I think I my my gut feeling and I I couldn't prove it but I think there's a lot of younger people who might just say okay well there's a cut-off point here because I think that the the data I remember it is that if you were born before 1980 or 1985 I think it is then you have had to learn how to use digital tech if you're born after that date then you're native to it you're born into no, it grown up with it yeah yeah mm-hmm. so kind of whether there's the, I, I, I think there's some kind of maybe exclusion goes mm-hmm. around that that if you are after that point or before that yeah. point then then you don't need to know these things but actually
4: mm-hmm.
1: you do because let's be honest I mean Trish you started a blog it's fantastic it's amazing yeah. you've done that and that's important to you your presence on the internet is as valuable mm-hmm. as anyone else who's younger because it's doing mm. a service and it's providing information and again your blog is a great place for people to promote events and help and support use what you do is a great example of that and it's it's just so exclusionary isn't it you know we we mm. think uh, if, they, if they go to a car park and parking your car use a mobile put you in your all your details oh yeah yeah do um I consider myself to be relatively tech savvy because it's a large part of what I do as a business. Mm. But I sit there at car park thinking, I have absolutely, Oh my god, what the hell's my no, the number? to start with what button do I press? And oh god, I've got to download an app. No signal on my phone to download the app. Um, oh, I didn't know about that one. And then try to use it. Oh, mm. I mean, well, you know, and that's something that's actually a legal, legal thing. My mum ended up with a £100 fine mm. because she didn't know how to pre- enter, press the enter button on the machine. <laughs> she just simply didn't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, luckily, I could argue the point for her, but mm. I do that and advocate for her. Yeah, comes back to advocacy, doesn't it, yeah. really? No one's um, going to advocate for me when yeah. I get older. And Not I, the same I, here. How do I, well, I know this stuff. Um...
2: Well, I, I, you know, you tend to rely, as I have done in car parks, um, myself, Mm. somebody, usually a chap stood at the back of me, hey army duck, I'll do that for you, you stand over there, I'll sort it, and that's what I rely on, you know, because, Mm. you know, you play the little old card at that point, and, you know, somebody hopefully will come along, and because they want to pay, and you're in the
1: way, basically. So you know they will help you, which um, is a shame because you're then you're not learning because they're not telling you they're doing. Um, I'm their things ages very going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the car registration number now. Oh,
2: that's mm. completely gone. I'll have to go back to the car now and have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's and it's, it's really exciting, isn't it? It's digital exclusion, yeah. but it has a bigger effect because it's frustrating and also you know you want to know how to use mm. this. But like you say, who teaches you this you know and and it comes a point where we the world overtakes people Um, and it's
0: changing so quickly I mean that's a good point that you made about people growing up with the technology after a certain you know cut off point um but I mean I grew up with um Without, without that sort of technology, obviously, because it wasn't around there. But when I hit my 20s, we were starting to have word processing and, you know, WordPerfect and all that sort of thing, I remember having to use and the different um, the different systems and then say what you like about Bill Gates. He did bring it all together onto Windows, really, so it became a little bit easier. But, I mean, things change so quickly. I mean, I get so annoyed sometimes when I go into... You know my email account or or it's zoom or what have you and then all of a sudden the formats changed and the look of the screen has changed and they never give you any warning about it they just do it and um there was one of them i can't remember which, which it was but i mean they had such an outcry about um about the the, the change of it that they actually changed back um, I can't remember what it was now. It was something, something with Windows, I think. But a lot of people moaned about it, and and eventually they, they they dropped it as an experiment and went back to the old way of doing it. So there was kind of people power there. But um, it it you really have got to be able to keep up with the changes, which I think gets harder as you get older. It
2: does. It does get harder. But I think one kind of good thing out of it is that we it makes us. Use our brains. It makes us work yeah. at it because nobody's there to tell us. And you see the people who have got their relatives telling them how to do it, and they're not as well clever as we are, Denise. Frankly,
0: because we have to rely on ourselves. Whereas they know they can always ring up the person who, you know, oh, oh can you come and help? I'm stuck with this, or you know, what does this message mean, or <laughs> whatever. We've got to work it out ourselves. We? we have to. Yeah,
2: you know, we have to.
1: That's a really good point. point. And actually, it's a lesson to people that create this stuff. I mean, I work with people a lot of the time and do myself with web design. It's kind of a big part of what I do. And, yeah, there's this whole thing about accessibility. And it's shocking Mm -hmm. how little accessibility there is and how very few people who develop this stuff understand because they know how to do it it doesn't mean everybody else doesn't mm. the single most important pers- person in anything that anyone develops is the person who uses it not the person who did it yeah um, the
0: end user i i find the um british gas um on with them i find their website quite hard to navigate and um they did um send me a survey the other day and I gave them quite a low rating for it and I said (laughs) it's really really hard to navigate this because it's it's kind of there's no obvious route through it whereas in a lot of websites it's pretty obvious you know that that you 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 click on this icon click on that but this it's one of those where it has lots of drop downs and they disappear if you don't go across the screen in quite the right order you know and it's it's really, really not very good there.
1: at all. Yeah. It's so difficult. I always go on hotel shower theory. That's my basis for things. If I go into a hotel shower and I'm at risk of scolding myself, then it's a really badly designed shower. It's not me. There's just no instructions. Mm-hmm. I don't the know design, what yeah, like, where the hell is there? the icon to tell me where the hot where's the thing? I don't know how to get hot water, or worse, I don't know how to get cold water. Am I gonna scold myself? And that's really bad. So mm-hmm. yeah, hotel shower theory, if it's that bad i'll remember that one (laughs) yeah really bad design anyway i digress. i'm taking you away from the subjects what is there that people can do so we i'm thinking about people across our audience who are of different ages who are childless um but also we have quite a number of people who listen who actually are parents as well and i'm kind of wondering if there's kind of a message that that you can give to them, Mr. What can people do who are listening to this who don't perhaps identify yet maybe as aging um or in mm-hmm. a single household, but kind of need to just maybe enable and help more and be aware? What what would you say? What was what can they do to support you better? Well, I think I think um obviously, you know, we you know
2: we promote our sites, we promote the four stop podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, just me and lily um AWOC, aging without children etc and denise i don't know if, if you have a um a site but you know i know i, I
0: know you you've got... um no not not personally no i mean i i tend to retweet stuff a lot from the aging without children and from from you know um from the full stop and, and what have you but i'm not you know um i'm not running anything myself at the moment no we, we um i well, i've got twitter and facebook and very happy to promote anything
2: yeah i think that starting there that we have you know various sites to to begin with um you know when, when we talk about them can they make themselves aware can they not just flick through can they actually read the contents a little mm-hmm. bit because so that when i turn up and go oh i don't have any children oh i never thought of that <laughs> they could mm-hmm. be you know, they 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 could have some knowledge of it. Mm. Go away, read about childlessness, read about being alone, aging, without children for whatever reason, mm. and um and then come back, then come back and talk to us, you know, families or otherwise. You know, that that's what I'd like to say. Sort of vague putting it out there, but I would like to see them learning more about the subject. Um and, and then we can go on to the next level right do we all get together and promote it to the next level then what do we do now because that's what i'd like to do is to talk to you like mm-hmm. you just said Berenice, there are people here who who aren't childless but who have an interest and who are listening you know we need to reach them as well i think otherwise we are kind of talking to the converted which we need but i can't help but feel we need to step outside the circle a wee bit and talk to families and the people who have an interest, because they do, and, and they could help us a
0: lot. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with with everything that Tricia's just said. Um, I'd also say a couple of other things, really. Um, one is that when it comes to more sort of commercial um you know, enterprises such as, um, you know, going back to the, the financial thing about, you know, the cost of living crisis and everything. I think, you know, th- there's an economic um, strand to this that the, say, the supermarkets, you know, who who tend to package everything, larger stuff for families and everything. There's a big customer base out there of single people um childless people people you know solo households for whatever reason i mean they don't seem to have tapped into that too much really um i mean i'm i get fed up of having to buy stuff in bulk and and i i get fed up of being told to batch cook everything you know i don't necessarily want to do that um i just wish there was a way of being able to um you know I suppose I'm lucky I've got a little market down down the road here, and another bigger one over in Wellington that you can go and you've still got the fruit and vegetable stalls, and you can buy the amount you want, but the supermarkets aren't always geared up for that, and not everybody's got access to different options, different sort of retail options so i think I think there's that i think just general recognition really that there's there's not one way of living. There's not one, you know, one two parents, um, two point five children or whatever it is. That that's uh, um that's one family format, but there's plenty of others, uh, including people who are um widowed, separated, always single, um estranged from partners and everything that that these people are all valid in their own right all all count all contribute in different ways and um you know just just to recognize us a bit more and and i think you know that comes back to my you know plea to martin lewis and everything I, i i can't understand why such a large group and growing group is being ignored both both the ageing demographic and the trend towards more people living on their own, yes. which both exist separately and overlapping.
2: It, it, there is a the child free as well, of course, who still are on their own. You know, they still are ageing without children. Yeah. Yeah. They've
1: up a lot from this that's really useful. I know Ali Hall, who runs Child Free by Choice, is very much keen on what we do from the childless side and we'll pick up mm. a lot from what you've been talking about because the same issue to her mm. as well it's really important I think I was reading something the other day from the age alliance um age sorry the age action website which is written by um Robin Hadley of course Dr Robin Hadley who um many of us all know and has been yeah. on. Past. And he says on there, and I know AWOC have the same numbers too, is that in the UK, the number of people aging without children aged over 65 years is projected to rise to above 2 million by 2030. Wow. I hadn't okay. realised it was quite that many. Yeah, but that's not an insignificant number. It's massive. It's huge. The article mm. actually, I'll link it to the show notes because it's a really good mm. read written by Robin, of course, sensitively as well mm. as he does. Um, but when we think it's one in mm. four men as the estimates and one in five women, then that's yeah. a lot. If we then add child free, and I don't know whether those those numbers include child free or whether it's just childless, um, or generally everyone mm. that falls into that category. Really divine, it, that, is, that is a huge amount that mm. that people are are missing out on as a as a demographic. And mm. when you think about 2030, 065, my math is shocking. I'm not good at this, but You've got people now and I i would probably say I'm going to I well, no, I will fall probably into that category because I, I, my husband's older than I am. So it's something I'm sort of conscious of and thinking, well, yeah, a lot of the stuff you're talking about is relevant mm. to me for then, if not for now, then, mm. you know, it's 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 shocking as well. Some of the stuff you're talking about, like power of attorney, things that are on my mind, um, mm. you know. His sort of power of attorney. So,
0: and and I mean, what's going to happen to the NHS if they suddenly have all these people um, who, when they get older and more, um, tend to have more illnesses, more hospital admissions? And therefore, um, going to be, um, I hate to use the phrase sort of, but, but what they call bed blocking, because they've got nowhere to go out to in the community because there's a shortage of care homes. And uh, I was going to ask actually, Michael, is this, is this an issue in Australia?
3: I'm glad, I'm glad you swapped over to me because I was going to say, look, really, <laughs> thank you both. Thank you both for doing this. I've been quite quiet because I'm... My wife and I right now are caring for both my mother and my dad, who's now in a home. And so one of the things that I, I digress, I'll, I'll answer your question, Denise. Sure. One of the things that's really hitting me right now is that, it you know, know—I'm we're physically doing this with my parents. I'm listening to you guys. And, you know, it is a big, and I'm not going to mince words. It's a big fear for us. And, and I'm I'm lucky that you know I'm in a couple. I recognise so I have privilege there, you know. So I, I can't imagine what. I, I'm I'm in awe of you too for like just getting on with it. But, digress. Um Yeah. So I've been a bit triggered. I, I I think that's the best way of explaining. I've been a bit triggered with this show, but it's in huh? a good way. <laughs> um, uh, to you, Denise. Yes. Um. One of the things that, that has become quite obvious to me uh, and Vicky in this time is that um, so the social services that the government provides mm. are a backup to families, providing care mm. for people. I can see I'm living that. I can see that right now. And so, yeah, the, the big thing here is that the government are not switched on to the fact that there is this huge demographic that will be a massive burden on the public purse and there's no resources or no research going towards that. And, um, yeah, we have a shortage. We do have shortages of care homes. And then, of course, um, depending and then the quality care home you get depends on what sort of, you know, wealth you have as well. We have a very, very stark contrast between the care home that my dad's in um compared to the care home that Vicky's grandmother is in. They are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um and so yeah, we we have similar issues over here. But um I really want to thank you too for for, for this conversation. Thank you so very much. This has
1: been absolutely in lightning and i'm i'm quite sure we're gonna get feedback from this we always do with our episodes which we'll be happy to pass on if people have got comments or they want to offer any support to Denise and to and you can contact us at the podcast and we could pass anything on. Um yeah thank you I, I feel informed um yeah concerned but also I, I think there's some degree of empowerment here too and we're certainly mm-hmm. going to think about what we can do to provide better support as well because it, it matters as a podcast we have um a responsibility to do the same which is really why we wanted you here to also create some activism i think to to help you both yeah you so thank you very much today thank you, thank you very much and, I, and
3: i've really i've really enjoyed being with two feisty, two feisty ladies it's been great <laughs>
1: I hope yeah. you stay in touch with each other because
3: we, we love it when podcast guests become mates. Yeah. That's
1: always so great too. So do do stay in touch with each other. Oh, yeah. We'll, yeah.
0: We'll do yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well I'll I'll make sure that I'm still following you and um keep an eye out for uh, alerts from uh, from your blog. Yes, do and um send me an email sometime. I think the email's really? on me. yes
4: I can yeah. share your emails if you're happy for me to do that. I, I'd be happy to. Yes,
0: yeah, no problem whatsoever. Yeah, full we'll stop. And, and working all over. <laughs> yes, doing a great job as usual. Well, thank you, thank you for inviting me. And, I, and I'm sorry, um Michael. I'm sorry if I've if sort of sounded terribly negative, but I'm I'm very aware of how how frightening it is sometimes to think about the future, and 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 we all have to stay positive. And I think the best way for us to stay positive is to
1: help each other. Thank you for listening we hope that you found patricia and denise as inspiring as we did we'd love to hear from you on your thoughts of the issues that were raised in this episode if you want to find out more about their work please look in our show notes where you can also find details of the transcript and how to donate to us via a virtual coffee at Kofi. If you'd like to find out more about The Full Stop, our podcast, or there's a topic that we haven't covered, then please reach out to us as we like to be as inclusive and diverse as possible. Our website is www.thefullstoppod.com where you can find links to our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also join our listeners list, which receive a monthly newsletter that includes advice on mental health, And our reflections as well as news from the wider childless community. As ever it's really important to let you know that you're not alone. Yeah
4: Yeah, because
0: we've got we've got a great deal of wisdom to share between us I think and that's one one thing with age does come wisdom. There's a lot of of pains and things but (laughs) regrets when there comes wisdom. You speak for yourself, Denise. I <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
2: sure I'll speak for you too. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Thank you so much. Thank you, yes. Thank you so much. It's been great. Love to
4: meet
2: bye. you. Bye. Bye, bye now.